This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! And welcome back to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. You can follow all my viewing experiences on Letterboxd. The username you're going to be looking for is CM Darth. If you're trying to just access this podcast via a smart home device, be it an Echo, be it a Nest, just ask for Russ Stevens or 90 for Chill, the podcast, and that should get you here. It is about 1.10 in the morning on Sunday the... Well, I guess it's officially Monday the 21st, and I just finished watching my Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review for the week. I will get into that. It is early Brad Pitt. We're talking 1991, but this was released after the Orion bankruptcy in 1994. It is The Favor. Intro to Lit back at ICC, we had an interesting story kind of along these lines involving a secret lesbian romance, or I should say obsession, but I digress. I think the name of that play was I Do Anything, I Digress. So that's what I am dealing with at 1.15 in the morning. This week, though... You know, I'm just going to have some fun with the Poetic Critic. That's the Poetic Critic on Letterboxd. As we have some Oscar chatter, and we will get to that. But first, let's go back to Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review. Who is the best and why? Howard, because we were in love. Well, I've done that. Kathy's married. I thought you wanted to. Not me. How about you? Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> we can do it tomorrow. Yeah. Emily single. Are you saying you're ashamed of me? Everyone there is bringing their children. I'll be dating one. <laughs> their best friends. You must be hell being in a great marriage. Honey, when's dinner? It is when you've been invited to your 15th high school reunion and it kicks off wild fantasies about your first love. And they do anything for each other. You gotta look him up for me. You haven't seen this man since you were 16. He's probably fat, bold, and ugly. I'm just asking you a simple favor. I'll try to look him up, okay? Oh, and when you meet him, don't wear this. I hate this on you. Tell me everything. You did me the favor. What are you talking about? The big, strong hunk in the red flannel shirt. The tongue like velvet in the arms you could die. You met him? We were swept away. Tommy doesn't get swept away. When two women fight, it's usually over a man. Orion Pictures presents... Are we all right? Oh, yes. A story of two friends. You seem upset. You're mad at me. And the favor that came between them. You had the relationship with him. I had one... Night. Elizabeth McGovern, Harley Jane Kozak, Bill Pullman, Brad Pitt, and Ken Wall. Well, if you're going to have a hot fling, you might as well have it with someone who looks like that. The favor. Anyway, his bod wasn't that great. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. So, Donald Petrie's The Favor. It was actually written by a couple of women, uh, Sarah Parrott and 
Josanne McGibbon, and I think it was probably going to be better served to be directed by a woman. Uh, this feature is quick, but it is pre pretty painful, I found. And the 80s charm of your typical Nelson feature is there. When you think 80s and Nelson, that would be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or The Bogus Journey and the reason why we didn't get a sequel for another 30 years. And if you thought shooting Elizabeth was bad with Jeff Goldblum, but I guess I could probably get behind that because, geesh, I'm going to pull some Turning Red uh, review stuff on you. It's easy to relate to for me to relate to a man wanting to shoot their wife. In this one, I'm kind of lost because, you know, the character I relate most to is a 26-year-old Brad Pitt who is basically like, I can't be in a relationship with an older woman because I have nothing in common with people in their 30s. You know, the American dream of the white picket fence, one and a half kids, the dog, all that's bollocks. And not dog bollocks if you've seen Formula 51 and I'm just saying bollocks bad dog bollocks good it's kind of sad because i thought oh it's larry miller and harley jane kozak i kind of had moments where i liked necessary roughness the football college football equivalent to major league back in 1991 and it wasn't all just rob schneider as a commentator doing his office guy speech so what this story is about if the trailer didn't tell you it's about a woman who gets notification of the, her 15-year high school reunion coming up and how she's immediately flashing back and having sexual fantasies about her old boyfriend from that time. To try getting this out of her mind, she asks her best friend to, after she's broken up with Brad Pitt, played by Elizabeth McGovern, to go and find the guy and sleep with them and then it just becomes a huge mess the box arts and plot synopsis don't go deep enough into it nor did the trailer we have a pregnancy involved so it basically has way too many acts so first act established second act send Elizabeth McGovern off the Denver to sleep with a guy third act Elizabeth McGovern's pissed at there's jealousy because of her being able to sleep with the guy. And when that blows off, it's because she's pregnant and we don't know which one's the father. In the meantime, uh, Kozak's husband, played by Bill Pullman, who's good in it, is being spoken to in the ear by Larry Miller that, oh, your wife's acting weird because she's having an affair. So a lot of madcaps stuff ensues one it's the anti-porn for people in their midlife crisis i guess you shouldn't go and throw sex in the stuff that's only gonna mess things up be happy with your typical american dream and let me just say yuppie american dream so if i can't relate to the women i'm sorry i mean it just doesn't really look good because it puts a rivalry on them and maybe I'm not the one to say 
to pass judgment. I think Allie looked at the box and said, oh, that seems something interesting, and it might be. I think she liked Abandon. I might be too harsh on this feature. It just insults your intelligence way too much to come up with these madcap scenarios that end in a finale in Denver, which you want to be a prequel to the film, things to do in Denver when you're dead, and you just want everybody dead because they're so stupid. I guess that's the vibe I got away from this feature. Let me look at any further notes. I mean, again, it's fast. It's just you're pausing because, oh, gosh, it's so stupid. I need to get something, a drink. Maybe I should hit the bowl sooner. <sighs> so, yeah, I guess, if anything, it sells itself as being too charming for its own good, and that's why MGM sat on it and probably at Orion's request. Don't don't drag us too deep. Don't... don't sully our memory any further think of the good times think of robocop and maybe silence of the lambs so but with silence of the lambs oscar winner and i think they had another oscar winner before they went bankrupt or yeah ridiculous movies like robocop and a lot of stuff you'd see on i think it was screen picks back when i had xfinity cable i guess what i'm getting at is there's the disconnect still, I think, between Oscar and regular movie folks. And this is obviously a big deal for the Academy Awards this year as they're going to try Twitter to fix things. From that, the Poetic and Critic and I go into about a 45-minute conversation to go and do our best to fix it ourselves or at least act like we're dancing the Joy Division and celebrate the mediocrity. I gotta go back to that old rom- Wombat song. Let's just get this all wrapped up. Let's get into the show. I will have a regular episode next week. We are gonna have the debut of Tim Loss on the show. Tim Loss from the Sports Balls comedy show that's on Twitch, YouTube, probably Facebook. That's where I've seen all the adverts. And good guy. And I hope we, uh, will impress you when we take on John Doe and DJ Adrock's attempt to do Easy Rider in the 90s with Roadside Profits. But until then, let's get to the Oscar chatter. And if I don't mention it at the end of my conversation with the Poetic Critic, thanks, Stacia Harden. Um, I, got, I think I'm getting my life a little more back together if it ever was together but you're an inspiration you're keeping me doing this and i hope you do the same for i hope you have the same effect on everybody else's life that you touched so if there was an academy award to give to you i would definitely (laughs) all right now i'm just talking all over myself it is 1 45 in the morning on monday So I still got to edit that conversation. So we'll find out what fun clip I'll have next. And But with all that said, if you want to be on the podcast, uh, send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-07 at gmail.com. Give me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. Just focus on sub-100-minute material, and we will have podcast gold. That I can promise, and I'm getting a little desperate, and it's going to be a little longer to find before i can finally get into therapy so help me out and hopefully this will podcast with the political critic will 
point you in that direction. Follow me on Twitter at CatBusRuss. Thank you. Superman! Hey, it's Cool Movies Darth again. I'm just stepping in to let you know that this was recorded on a different device than I usually do. Not my sophisticated Zoom P4 setup with its own set of echoes. This was a Zoom H1N. There's a lot of echoing, which is weird because I think the audio at least may even be better than my original setup. So just giving you a heads up on that. It's about 5 till 11 Central Daylight Time on Monday. So about to wrap all of this up. Just to give you a hint, my entire Stacia bit from the intro, that's kind of plays into the entire awkwardness that the Oscars got themselves into last year with the Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins bit. And we're going to play up that awkwardness even more as this podcast goes on. So hope you enjoy. And the Motion Picture Academy is looking to get film fans involved. The Hollywood Reporter says this year, folks on Twitter get to vote on their favorite movies of last year using the hashtag Oscars fan favorite can be any title, so you're not limited just to this year's nominated pictures. The movie that gets the most fan votes will be recognized during the Oscar show. Ah, what a great idea! Let's let Russian bots choose the Oscars. They did such a terrific job with our elections. There's already a vote for fan favorite. It's called buying a ticket, asshole! I mean, that's like saying that the David Tennant, was he the one who beat his wife with the tar- who was the TARDIS? Uh, I thought you were telling me a story about that one, how the TARDIS has a soul. So. Yeah, the TARDIS has a soul. He effectively does have a soll. That was an 11th Doctor story. Okay, so that would have been Matt Smith, right? Yeah. Okay. So I do know something about Doctor Who. I'm not going to go through the little... Tri- uh, pie piece I got for mm-hmm. as part of a B-Fest prize mm-hmm. to, uh, and read all the answers. Mm-hmm. In other words, the poetic critic was a pain in the bum when it came to Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play with her. So I'm just check, checking out this uh, H1N1. Oh, H1N1? No, this is not the swine flute that I'm holding in my hand. It's a Zoom H1N. I'm going to have to check the version number on this. but um, So yeah, just checking this out. Something handy. Probably would have been great to have it. B-Fest, I could have been the obnoxious... I could have put a little press tag on my head. At least been fozzy. I mean, what was the deal in uh, The Great Muppet Caper? I didn't see any of the other guys who had press details on, mm-hmm. their, on their gear. Fozzy was the most professional... In the great month, like that, that's kind of disturbing. So, but um, yeah, Rory's just been going through some of TV tropes, unanswerable questions, and a lot of them is like just giving me inspiration to watch stuff because mother lover, I can answer these. So, it's all about controlling the narrative here on 90 for Chill. But, so, something just brief, and I could throw ahead any kind of pod, 
podcast. I am totally unfamiliar with these Oscar Twitter awards. Okay. The, uh, not long after the Oscar nominations were announced for this year, this year's ceremony, um, the Academy announced that they would also be doing of some fan-voted honors by way of Twitter with two different hashtags. One of them would be voting the Oscars fan favorite film. Which isn't nominated for any Oscars per se. Right, it, it, just their favorite film from last year. And the other would be the Oscars cheer moment, which would be a single, which would be a specific scene in film. The idea is believed to be part of a way to get more people to watch the Oscars because the ratings aren't what they used to be, used to be even though it's still the most popular of the award shows. But it's not like at the level of the Super Bowl or anything like that. Okay, when, when has anything ever been at the level of the Super Bowl? That's a good point. But at the same time, ratings for this and other award shows used to be a lot bigger than they are. It would be like 30 million or so. And, okay, yes, but nothing even gets 30 million anymore. Right. I mean, nothing gets, like, Fox is proud of the ratings of Friday Night Smackdown, and that's not even 3 million. Right. Well, there's also, they're also trying to counter the complaints that they keep hearing on places like Twitter that the Oscars don't nominate movies that people have actually seen, or they didn't nominate. Nate, like uh, in particular, there's a lot of there were a lot of complaints this year that Spider Man No Way Home didn't get a nomination for Best Picture. That is just like the trailers tell you. This is the premier cluster muck in all of cinema. Like it, it tells Endgame to hold its beer. But with that in mind, the Academy keeps trying to. The Academy wants to be down with the kids, is what it is. In the last few years or so, they have been trying to come up with ways to get more people to watch the ceremony. Okay. But especially get... the advertiser-friendly demographic. All right. Well, let's get somebody, paint them in gold, and have them do the Macarena. We're hip. I'm with it. Oh, I mean, we could, there, I, I just solved it for them. I know ABC doesn't want to deal with Warner Properties, but come on. Dr. Evil made a big comeback at the Super Bowl. Just paint his butt. Oh, no, 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 no. There we go. I just screwed it up because it'd have to be gold member. Well, okay. in any case, it, it sometimes, there have been theories floated that because... Uh, ABC does have to pay a fee to broadcast the Oscars. And as such, you know, they want to get a good return on their investment. Yeah. Well, you know, NBC pays money for the Olympics. One of the things that keeps it going is the license fee. And well, thank God for that Ukrainian war, then. I think we might finally end that, bollocks. <laughs> but with Disney owning ABC, they're kind of supposedly... They're kind of bitter that their movies don't get the big Oscar nominations like Picture. Because Spider-Man No Way Home's up for visual effects. Well, it's a Sony movie anyhow. Yeah, it's co-production effectively. Right, but... 
But all I know is I'll be able to get that for uh, cheap online compared to any. Uh, it's sometimes you might remember a few years ago, they briefly floated adding a best popular film award. Yes, no, that was yeah. That it was did not problem. go over very well, and they quickly gave up on the idea. But supposedly, it's be part of the thinking behind these sort of suggestions is that Disney wants more acknowledgement. They feel that they feel left out, even though they could just make better movies than they have been. But in any case, the idea of the this hashtag campaign. There's also an official. The official Oscars website lets you vote. Okay. Uh, With that said, uh, send your votes to the Rock Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for Dolly Parton, Devo, Duran Duran, MC5, and Rage Against the Machine. They they need all your help. But apparently. Because this was a crowdsourced Twitter thing. Oh, gosh. No, no, Effectively. No. <sighs> there's already been some weird stuff going on. Supposedly, one of the films that's getting the highest response... Was Clifford 2021 or 2022? It would count as 2021. Oh, okay. All right. Big red doggy <laughs> balls. Doggy bo- Dog bollocks are supposed to be good from all the British culture I've got, so... We know where I'm putting my money. But currently, the one of the, according to I think it was, to a one supposed insider, that one of the movies that's been tracking very well in the campaign is the Cinderella musical that oh. went to Amazon Prime. Yeah, you told me about that. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because the lead actress has a lot of Twitter followers, you know, they they mobilize as teen girls are wont to do. And I mean everybody was expecting was gonna that this was going is going to come down to either Spider Man No Way Home or Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yes. Because we... though they this and the Cinderella movie did have like award qualifying runs. Because they had to, they did have to play in a theater was one of the right. things that matter. But again it might be the Cinderella movie which it for most of us just came and went. I mean came and went so it would be kind of embarrassing and funny if that were to win because it would take away what disney clearly expect it to be its moment because they're going to announce these on the telecast even as they've moved a bunch of the tech categories and as well as the short film categories to an hour before the live telecast and they're going to edit the high any highlights that come out of that to show during uh, like the going into the commercial or out of the commercial breaks and a lot of apparently a lot of the craft guilds in hollywood are really upset about this Feel- for those who want to know on uh, the meta score for cinderella it's a 41 and it's not even a five like look i want to see more resident evil movies i've made that clear on my well i don't know when that episode is going to drop but come on, people. Zombies over Camilla Cabello. Which is strange. I mean, wrong, because I don't know if Billy Porter's going to attend. We've got to get the best out of his outfit. Apparently another movie that was getting a lot of 
uh, Twitter engagement for this was Minimata, which is an obscure Johnny Depp movie. That, oh, yeah. I've heard. Yeah. And is because the Johnny Depp fan base, even though most of them cannot have seen the film, unless a lot of them lived in Europe, I guess it did get some release there. They could not have seen, but they... You know, they feel that guy's had a raw, been given a raw deal the past few years. No, no, uh, Minimata, no. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not saying I'm Team Amber, I'm Team Anti-Trauma. I don't think anybody should not be allowed to work if you haven't, uh, bollocked anybody incorrectly, inappropriately, but, yeah. And then... Meanwhile, the Oscars cheer moment. They yes, finally that apparently. Like I don't know if they will winnowed it down from. I'm not sure if they winnowed it down from suggestions or something. Do we need to check Wikipedia to see if that has been corrected yet? I, I'll assume it has because I remember what the five official ones are, okay. and they're listed at the website. Yeah, and Two, it goes all the three, way back to '99. Right, three of them are from films that came out in 2021. There's uh, the there's a set piece involving the Flash from Justice League, and there's uh, you know three Spider-Man men, men jumping into action in No Way Home. But the other three moments are from movies that came out well before 2021 right. for some reason. Uh, there's Neo dodging the bullets in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And th- this is the original Matrix, not uh, yes. And but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the cheer moment is when Trinity goes and blows that agent's brains out after. And another moment is Jennifer Hudson singing "I am telling you I'm not, I'm not going" in the film adaptation of Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. And the last is basically the climax of Avengers Endgame. Right. And. That only goes back to 1999. If you wanted to include older movies, yeah. you could have thought of a lot more well, interesting stuff Right, like yes. No, I'm, they're primarily Spielberg and Lucas related. I guess that is really what we should... Um, I don't know. We really need to start putting more support behind Spielberg and Lucas. Just be... Well, sadly, we can't... Lucas is, can't be saved since he sold his soul to the devil. But uh, that's the most annoying kind of white slavery. And I'm just supposed to sit here. So, yeah, I'm trying to mock George Lucas for that statement, but, like, like he basically put himself in detention, I guess is the best thing. And there's a lot of people who probably want to give that guy a dunce cap. So, yeah, just uh, just a little rant there. But, yeah, I mean, as I'm saying, like, you got jaw, smile, you son of a bitch. Anytime a Death Star blows up. Yeah, before Marvel, I think all I can say is uh, it was all George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. And gods know half the time that it would have been a combination of the two. With that said, I'm ready for... Indy 5. And what's been pointed out is the... As a lot of film Twitter folks have pointed out, they're not going to get more viewers by promising to 
briefly acknowledge whoever wins these polls during the telecast. Because kind of people who would be that concerned about the Oscars probably would have been watching anyway. Well, the trick would be to put a Twitter feed underneath, at the bottom of the screen the entire show. You know, I think some people have suggested, you know... And I'm saying the entire show. Yeah, Look, Monday, no. Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, I might watch your shows, regardless of how crappy the wrestling is, if you just... If I could see my little tweet promoting my latest podcast right. on the screen. Some people have suggested you just find some other ways to make the ceremony more interactive. Why not do it as a live stream? Oh, I was or, about to say ES, um, ESPN, Peyton and Eli Manning cover the Oscars. <laughs> not a big Peyton fan, but uh, I think Eli would be up for it. I mean, you could give it or, more, more time or that sort of thing. But if you're just trying to cut the, the length of the show, and people who care about the Oscars don't, don't necessarily... care about the length. They're there for the I night. mean, people, people make fun of the length. That's been an issue for at least since the 1980s. But... No, no, you're, you're making perfect sense. Like, no, people don't care how long the Super Bowl goes. Yeah. As long as... Well, I mean... People probably get more drunk watching the Super Bowl, and you could probably say, yeah, that might run a little too long once they've all blacked out. but Or are stuck on the toilet with the chicken wings. And... <sighs> the other movie that seems to be getting pushed really heavily by Twitter fans is Army of the Dead, which was Zack Snyder's oh, film. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't put dead... In a Zack Snyder title. I'm not a fan of Dawn of the Dead. Like, 2004. Danny Boyle gave us the running zombies first. (laughs) They didn't need you. Like, what did Romero... Romero's classic lack? Cardio! (laughs) No. So, I mean, this is the point of the satire. It's just like, I'm going to give us a scary zombie movie, which... Truth be told, Paul W.S. Anderson did not with the Resident Evil, so. And I, I don't know, I think Zack Snyder, well, for the most part, I think Zack Snyder works well with adapted material. But, um, yeah. But, uh, There's no. also clearly another, other issues with the Twitter thing is that it's clear there are bots getting involved in this. Oh, to yes. spam the votes. And that everybody, we all knew this wasn't going to work out, wasn't going to go well, but it's going even worse than we could imagine. (laughs) When will people learn democracy doesn't work? A great philosopher said that, right, Murray? What's that? that? That was a Homer Simpson line. So... Yeah. I don't know. Somehow The Simpsons has just become a meme machine like Family Guy. So it's kind of like... Like, I don't think it could be as bad as people say, but I just don't want to give it the time to find out. At this point, it, 
I think a lot of the best memes that came from the show came from the prime years anyway. Well, yes, but I'm just saying it's like how Family Guy is really just cut cutaway gags. Yeah. Like, if Stewie and Brian aren't going through time to mock everything that the show does, it's kind of kind of pointless unless you got Cleveland falling out of the tub. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. <laughs> That was probably the best gag in the Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Mm. When, um, for whatever reason, Homer and Peter are in a World War One fighter shooting down planes, and then, yeah, we did it, we did it, yeah! And then you have Bob from Bob's Burgers pop up. Yeah, we win! Who's that guy? Oh, we, we gotta carry him. You don't want to know what happened to the last guy. Cleveland's plane. No, 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 no. So, yeah. So the Oscars last weekend of March, I get thrown off now. Especially with the pandemic. Or is it going to bump Michael Dubois' next episode and Tim Loss's commentary on Roadside Profits? Let me... March 27th. Okay, so I got time to work around with this. You know, we're going to probably get to 30 minutes at least, so I can just release this as... I don't know, it's a bonus episode. I mean, Mm. everything the Oscars has managed to push through in hopes of... um, What do you call Engaging with the younger crowd has tended to end in disaster. Last year we had that with restructuring the format oh, of the ceremony because yeah. because every... we thought we were going to recognize the life and times of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Instead, we just didn't weren't prepared to revel in the brilliance of one Anthony Hopkins. You know what's sad is that though that was the first time. Although it's his second Oscar, it's the first one since he went he had and went public with his autism diagnosis. So that makes Anthony Hopkins the first openly autistic performer to win an Oscar. And nobody noticed this because the Chadwick Boseman thing. Great job representation of the marginalized. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. um, You realize how that sounds, the poetic critic? I mean, I think, I think you're, I, I don't think, I, I, you got the Aspie, so, I mean, I think you are aware that you're comparing apples in the autistic to what the fuck in the oranges. That's <laughs> I mean, it's it's frustrating. No, no, it no. I it, it could have been. It could have it could have been really great, but again, I'm just getting on you for your marginalization and comparing it to some other marginalization that uh, still probably affects. It's not more people. It's definitely not the same thing. But when people talk, what. When you're dealing with stuff like intersectionality and no, you're 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 right. It would have been look. We would. There's no W for you here. I mean, this is this is basically. I know it's not. 
I know it's not because even if, even well even if Anthony Hopkins didn't get to celebrate his autism at the end of the show, if he would have take if he's going to take the Oscar from Chadwick Boseman, which he did, it's going to screw everything. It it's just going to be a bad look anyhow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, this is this is like, if anything, I think you guys could take it as a W if you watch The Predator. Where they suggest that Asperger's is the next form of human evolution. And you know what the name of the little boy in that movie was? Rory. I don't think you understand how this sort of thing does not always is not always welcomed as representation for this community. You know how many rednecks who went to see the Predator didn't understand that hey the goofy kid might not be that bad. This Especially when he can blow people's brains out with the predator helmet he hijacks. There are a lot there are a lot of ways that representation works and disability or neuroatypical representation is still pretty thin on the ground. Yes, no, I mean uh so and it it pains me because Matt Matt and Trey can do it can cover these things very funnily and not help the cause at all. Especially the Asperger's disorder of disorder episode. Right. I mean, I mean, they did... Who would call it Asperger's? But I really would. Like, if we could somehow capture the right amount of methane from bathrooms, we might... The carpet may have been on to something. Maybe he was the true autistic one. But... But again, it's frustrating that because they wanted to look progressive in one way. Yes, you failed to acknowledge the other way. The point of the matter is the Oscars aren't supposed to be about statements. Right. Which is why Mickey Rourke should have won in 2008. Josh Brolin should have won in 2000, I'm sorry, 2009 awards. And Josh Brolin should have had the supporting actor. If you're not going to give... Jack Nicholson, a Joker Oscar. Nobody gets a Joker Oscar. Maybe if Joker was a little more rewatchable, I, I wouldn't and say if that. If you want to talk about become more diverse approach to giving out the awards, remember that they don't give out the honorary awards on TV anymore. Yeah. That's... And this year... Uh, Danny Glover's winning the Gene Herschel Humanitarian Award, Damn. and Samuel L. Jackson's getting his honorary Oscar. Damn. Has Harrison Ford gotten one yet? I don't know. Huh. Uh, I'm just saying because it's so. like... You know, they're going to get honorary awards, and people would love to see Samuel L. Jackson give his speech, Whoa, but dude. we'll get edited highlights at best. Uh, sheesh. So we just gave up on representation altogether. It feels like that sometimes. It, they they wanted, they're not trying very hard. No, that to say the least. I don't know. It's the and the other two. If you're wondering, the other honorary winners are uh, Liv Ullman. Um, for those who are not familiar with her, she's a Swedish actress, probably best known for the work she did with uh, Ingmar Bergman. Bergman. Although she did a lot, lot of other films, and. Elaine May's finally getting her Oscar. You know, she's 89. 
And she's yeah, a comedian as well as a writer-director, so, you know, that's going to be a good speech. If it means anything, Minamata was released in 2020. Yeah, but it only came out this last year in this country. Look, we are not doing... Okay, I can stand the Oscars not being able to handle representation. I cannot tolerate the Oscars turning into the Grammys. You know, it, it's such, but this is why, this is what frustrates people who really, in, who really already enjoy the Oscars and love to see this kind of stuff, like the the honorary awards, because you've seen some of the honorary award handouts over oh, the years. Oh, yeah, they're no, among the most it, fun. Like, was it Billy Wilder, or was that, um... What did they do, is... Well, I thought there was one guy in a wheelchair performing it. Uh, the one, the Blake Edwards yes, intro one had started with, the presentation started with a staged accident where he, he appeared to be in a wheelchair and then it shot across the stage and threw a back wall. <laughs> he was actually fine. <laughs> right. Comes out through the hole, walks out through the hole left behind. Right. Well, with all that said, um, Harrison Ford has not received an honorary Oscar yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's probably... At this point, they, I guess part of it is... Well, we... Samuel L. Jackson has probably worked more in his entire career than Harrison Ford has. It is po- absolutely possible. And it's been pointed out, that's a guy who's been in Marvel movies, so you had that going for oh, it, too. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> oh... Who would be? I mean, it's almost to the point. Like, who would be the ideal producer to fix things? I well, it's not a job a lot of people want. I mean, Steven Soderbergh uh, handled last year's show, and you see where that went. Well, um, as long as he didn't give us a one of his crappy experimental movies that year, I think it was a. I think I'll take that W, as a W. <laughs> I'm not gonna go and look at his, look at his IMDb to find out. And and truth be told, some of his experimental movies are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like Haywire, I will stand by. That's not overly experimental, but look, I wouldn't have known about Sasha Gray until the girlfriend experience. Mm-hmm. And you know, I guess. I'm not gonna not gonna deny. I do follow certain stars in a certain industry. That's a graffiti. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, the producer is a guy named Will Packer. I don't think I've heard of him. Uh, he's a producer who's handled. Movies like uh, Think Like a Man, Girls Trip, Night School. So, um, and yeah, no, that still makes me wonder how he just got rid of the two black honorary Oscar winners. It is weird, isn't it? Yeah. It probably wasn't his doing, though, I don't think. Well, no, I know, but it's like, ah, sheesh. There are other, in the Wikipedia page, notes other issues, uh, that they're having this year um, for uh, they're no longer 
able to distribute physical streamer screeners like screener discs okay because it, it's the greener choice look anything this is how i know i'm all for it this is how we correct this country we make all voting digital and um that'll get rid of the boomers like if you're i'm just saying if you're of pension age should you really be allowed to make choices for the people underneath you underneath you what do you think about the host choices um i well, it's first time in a few years, but it's Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes, and they're going to alternate. It's an interesting dynamic. Was it... Uh, last really... year Last year it was Polar and... Uh, no, they didn't Vegas. have a host last oh, year. Oh, okay. Uh, it's inter- it's going to be an interesting dynamic. Um, well, as I say... the fact of the matter is... Amy no, it's, Sh- they're not going to interact with... Uh, no, I, I get that, which I think might be problematic in the sense that Amy Schumer is uh, not as funny as we all want to believe she is. And I can tell you, Rhonda Sykes. Now, well, Rhonda Sykes is, I think, probably a, serves better as a comedic writer than she does as a performer. Well, apparently, they were trying to get Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez to host. Well, that'd be a fun dynamic, but you'd have to have them interact. Well, yeah, but they already have with Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Which, so, but apparently there were scheduling conflicts involved. And they were also considering Tina Fey and Amy Poehler or Maya Rudolph or Pete Davison. No, I, I, I don't. I'm still trying to figure out what the genuine appeal of Pete Davidson is. A lot of people have wondered have asked over the years, why don't they just give it over to the Moppets? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but that's like, why haven't we gotten the Weird Al halftime show? Or why why don't you ask Jeff Goldblum to do it? I mean... Because <laughs> we want to get this... Look, you were saying, like, oh, the Oscar fans don't mind it running four hours. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do live Goldblum. For, and hope to get it in under four. And what if they had Taika Waititi direct it? <laughs> no, I would just go right to Wes Anderson on that one. So, I mean, there have been years before, especially in the eighties, where they would alternate the guest as the host as the show went. Yeah, I know. We had the brilliant Billy Crystal run. It wasn't consistently brilliant, but yeah, well, the it was really good. I, I, I think the problem was then we had David Letterman, and it's like, oh, we gotta get Billy back. Oh, crap. Billy really wasn't <laughs> wasn't that great. I'll never watch another award show again. Unless the delightful Billy Crystal's involved. That would have been around 92 or so. Yeah, so yeah at that point, it still stood. Right. I would say Whoopi, but uh, she did it a few times. But yeah, yeah right but now, her, her, her history acknowledgement, like you just want states' rights. <laughs> like, no. Uh, you would. Think, you know, I have I, trouble I, put, not putting my foot in my mouth. I 
that's yeah. a big problem is they really don't want anyone who's going to do anything political. Well, no, I wouldn't say Whoopi... <laughs> I wouldn't say Whoopi would try to do anything political. I'm just saying that. And yeah, you can sit by George at the corner until you recognize what you did. Also, there's uh, the issue that apparently the presenters and performers don't have to be vaccinated, but the nominees and guests have to be, which uh, which caused everybody to start asking, okay, who's the perform who's the performer who refu- who's refusing to get vaxxed? <laughs> well, whoever that performer is, they are a front runner, obviously. Or, yeah, or presenter. Oh, performer. Yeah, I mean... uh. It could be crossing over with one of the nominees or guests who do have to be vaccinated and show two negative PCR tests. Geez, that's a little strict. I mean, just just have your two shots and boosted. I mean... And everybody in the bloody crowd should wear a mask. That's just... Well, apparently it's not going to be heavy masking requirements. Well, no, and there if are, you're doing It's only going to be 2,500 seats. Right. Which but, is, I'm pretty sure it's not the full capacity of the Dolby, but... Yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying, when I was at B-Fest, like, it, it was it was just nice being in, being at a, the Ivy League of the Midwest mm-hmm. at Northwestern. You just know everybody is going to do the right mm-hmm. thing. <sighs> Can't they give me an honorary 28 on my ACT? I was cool. I cooperated. I deserve those five points. No, I don't deserve the five points because I would not have gone into professional wrestling if I had that. Oh gosh, that would be a nightmare actually getting accepted to the U of I for computer science. Oh, jeesh. So... Well, I mean, we got so we got the Oscar, so at least we got some drama to talk about movies. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I mean, is there anything currently looking forward to uh, theatrically? Not theatrically yet. I mean, Jurassic World is you know three is a few months away. Right. And then, you know, there's the Marvel movies I might have to catch up with. I'm not sure how many. Said, they haven't even dropped the Thor new Thor trailer yet. Yeah. A lot of people. You know, Drew McQueen was saying people are thirsty for the Thor 4 trailer. <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be uh, be a litmus test for the mother. So, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is handing the hammer over to Natalie Portman. I mean, I don't know if we can still sell her on No Time to Die. But it was funny. I did have a conversation with my uh, manager, who's a black Englishman. Mm-hmm. And he was somebody brought up, like, just before close, a copy of No Time to Die. Uh-huh. And he goes and pops up, the best movie. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, no. I immediately started a debate with him. Oh, well, you know, we're talking about which are favorite Bonds. Oh, I'm an Englishman, so it's got to be Roger Moore. Daniel Craig is an Englishman! Like, screw the Welsh guy, and who's the Irish guy? And, um, but, you know, he's offering, oh, I loved, I loved, um, one of my favorites is Live and Let Die. And it's like, 
okay, that must totally be a English thing. Like, because... The lot, I get a sense there are a lot of people who really like that movie, even if they know how problematic it is. Right, no, and I addressed it like this is this is why we need Idris Elba to be oh, the Elba. Elba. Yeah. I, I keep kn- getting the no. I honestly, I I have a Mandela effect with that actor, which mm-hmm. is sad because he's bloody awesome. I get the I, I get a I get an R and L thing mixed up. And I'm gonna actually say that's now I'm feeling offended. Thank you. I had speech therapy till I was in fourth grade because it was L's and R's that were my problem. So enough of a problem being called Wes in my life. Um, no, I so I mean that's what I want. Like okay, let's take the Roger Moore movies. Let's put Idris in these movies, and we correct we course correct them. Because that's isn't that what we do with Daniel Craig in the end. Give him five movies, kill him off, and start start fresh. I don't know. But part of it is that people complain that the Oscars nominate movies that nobody sees, but it's a vicious circle because a lot of these movies didn't make it to, you know, beyond the big cities or not very quickly. And a bunch of them are starting to come out on streaming. Right. Nightmare Alley is on HBO Max. Yes. West Side Story is... Disney Plus. Yes, and HBO Max. Because oh. remember, that was a Fox pickup they had. Oh, okay. The last of the Fox pickups they had. Right. So they're going to split it between the two. So, Drive My Car will also be on HBO Max. Okay. Next week, I guess. All right. Well, I mean, wouldn't the answer then be let's move the Oscars to April? No, that would. that Because then everything gets stale and. Part of the reason they tried, they moved it back to February. And well, they, no, they wanted, I, I, I get to move back to February, but now with the fact that, like, if you want people to see these movies, I mean, what, do we need to start Oscar season in August? Well, no, what you do, what would be easier to do was back in the day, which is, say, up through at least the turn of the millennium. You know, the, the Oscar movie, the big event movies would play well into the winter, you know, because nobody's bringing out yes. mainstream releases. Right, last no, last, last, week of Good March, ones. last week of March made sense because you'd get no, three. I, I don't mean the last week of March. you just fill it out with January and February You that theaters could have been showing well, these titles. I know, what I'm just saying. You know, they go wide, the distributors take them wider once the award nominations roll in. So you're basically blaming the Mar- the Disney Marvel machine for making everything about what's going to get you serious bank right away. Well, that's part of it. Disney and the other big studios, but Disney's apparently the worst about it, is that they demand so much of their that your average multiplex goes over to their new stuff, and that squeezes out opportunities for smaller movies to get in. Disney famous Disney effectively crippled their own chances to make money off of West Side Story and Nightmare Alley at the time because they wanted to focus on Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, that must be a... They must have given Sony a... I mean, Sony must have... Uh, whatever that compromise is, there's no way I would think Disney should be given Sony bending that far. I mean, you know... I mean, the worst case scenario came 
when people were reporting that they wanted to see Nightmare Alley or West Side Story, apparently it was the worst problem with Nightmare Alley, yeah. they get to the theater and learn that the screenings had been canceled in favor of adding more Spider-Man No Way Home shows. Oh no, we, we, we've noted on the podcast my frustration that I could not see Matrix. Um, yeah. You couldn't see the movie in IMAX. IMAX. Because yes, because I only could, I'd have to go and see it at noon. Dude, if I have a day off and I want to see a matinee, I'm not going to catch the new matinee. I mean, it was, it wasn't a huge deal back in the 90s if a new movie came out on like two or three screens, you had like a four, 12 or 14 screen theater. But nowadays, they kind of spam the new releases on as many screens as they can. And... Well... I guess. It, this is one of the things that keeps stuff like Phantom Events titles from getting wider exposure, especially the revival type, revival titles like the, T, the ones TCM backs. Oh, no. I, yeah. I, why they don't get more convenient dates. I mean, you've ever wondered why those things play like Sunday matinees and Wednesday nights? It's because the big studios aren't going to give, up, give any time over for stuff... One, like one-off screenings like that. Okay. You know, it's why Rift Tracks is never at convenient times. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Don't tell me that, because I'm... I'm, like, I'm pretty I, sure that's the reason. Well, no, and it makes sense. It's just now realizing that I work a job that's an eight-hour shift, but it starts at 11 in the morning and ends at... Clo- it, it starts at open and ends at close, and, like, I am not going to see any Rift Tracks live. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm going to further relish Amityville 4. Which I would say, like, that was something you got from B-Fest. Like, you know what? There are a lot of good, a lot of two and a half star movies out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's a stupid movie, but they, they committed to it with Amityville. Yeah. I don't know if I'd give, I mean, Plan 9, I'd say two stars. <laughs> maybe, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll have paper plates ready next time. It, it, with, like in the 80s, the 80s was kind of, the 80s age of the multiplex, there was a lot of variety you could get, even if it was like only like five screens, which was the biggest tweet that was close to our house. Yes, no, we, yeah, oh, I think the Landmark 8. The Landmark 5, they didn't expand to 8 until the 90s, I, uh, if I remember correctly. Well, it's now, you know, they... You know, chop them up the small and small. Or it's a, oh, it's still sad whenever, like, oh, you're going to be in theater 15 at the Landmark. You mean the little thing we used to call the indie theater in Peoria? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. That's, I mean, oh gosh, now we're now just further disliking living downstate. Just had to sign that lease, didn't you, Russ? Um, now it's like the art theater in Champagne's closed. It's like I don't know. But with that, all that said, I really should be looking into what Ebert Fest is going to have this year. Oh, they're still doing that. I think it's coming back this year. I'm not certain, but um. I wonder, do you recall if uh, Roger Ebert dug Risky Business? Hmm. I say that because 
post game, or did I get a notification from Roger himself <laughs> from Beyond the Grave? It's a close game. Um, I just say that because of the after the inf- well, the famous interview scene with the Princeton rep, while Rebecca De Moore Demore is pipping out the house. No, um, Roger Ebert really liked the movie. Okay, I well, good, good on him because of the line after mm-hmm. the interview. So, how do you think it went? I'm going to the University of Illinois. <laughs> it's like, uh, so. You know what? That's what I kind of miss, though, is the super critic. Yeah, we don't have that anymore. You can argue that Siskel and Ebert's success and the binary of the thumbs up, thumbs down thing was damaging to criticism. You know, but it kept our, it there. Our, yeah, it that is true. People did talk about movies more than they used to, like movies they really cared about more. Yes. Like Mom was talking or about not, how, or not care about. Yeah, but yeah. like Mom would mentioned how back in the day like Johnny Carson would bring up that movies he'd really like called Just Shooting the Breeze with Ed McMahon and how he he was helped boost the profile stuff like La Cache Faux back in 1978. Right, yeah. And that's the sort of thing you can't imagine becoming a hit that could come down to a place like Peoria anymore. No, But no. it could back at the time. Yeah, I guess I had porn and Morton. Good time. Uh. I mean, I'm looking at a... Like, the normal theater is one revival theater we have. Oh, I didn't... Which one is it, normal? um, It's near the college. But they don't show a ton of stuff at a time, it seems. Yeah, they've got some... they got a real... Like, the Galaxy's an interesting theater because it's like they got couches there. Uh, just just a recommendation if you're gonna end up seeing a movie in in normal. Um, but one one thing they do have is that they is that normal. What a lot of people don't realize is that the films that get nominated for the short form awards, uh, live action short, documentary short, mm-hmm. animated short, they do send them out as package yeah. programs, and normal theater gets these huh. where you just watch all the movies. You just you watch string all the them all short together, straight, right? In, include sometimes to, if for if it kind of would kind of run short. Otherwise, they'll also throw in some of the stuff that was on the short list for the nomination but didn't get in. Yeah, I, we used to have that again with the art theater um, in Champaign, the mm-hmm. oldest co-op. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was up for just really disappointing that after one hundred and eight years, it's mm-hmm. it's no, it's just. I think they can't do any. It's like the Madison Theater in Peoria. We can't really tear it down because of the history, but uh, we're not going to put the money in to fix it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, if I were to win the lottery, people, that's, you know, the dream is, the dream is to very much just own my own theater, live above it. Somehow put a wrestling ring in there too. Yeah, I did wrestle at the Madison Theater on two occasions. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
But yeah, it's good to know about the normal theater. I mean, I can find it, and it's but it's definitely not one of the. That's the biggest problem. It's just the lack of theaters anymore. In all honesty, that's part of it. And you know, you worry about this, especially post COVID, that they right. a lot of them have struggled to get back on their feet. And as okay, it's well, I'm kind out, of, I am picking on AMC, like for them taking a stand. Like, mm-hmm. no, I. <laughs> Uh, nope, I will go to the other theaters. Thank you very much. It's also, but also, it's being pointed out today on Twitter that a lot of what's, a lot of conversation, more conversation is coming when some of these movies hit streaming. Yeah. Like, there's already kind of a groundswell talking on Twitter talking about West Side Story and getting excited for the streaming debut next week. Right. And Encanto didn't really take off until the streaming release. I mean, it was a month in theaters up to that point, but no one no one was talking about Bruno, but they weren't talking about any of the other people in the family Madrigal either. Well, (laughs) I would say I don't know. See, I never wanted to be a parent. No, I can't say I never wanted to be a parent. I just know if I'm... If I'm still going to be pretty childish, which... Guilty yet, guilty as I state that. I don't want to be responsible for anybody. Mm-hmm. I think I've gotten to the point where I've been... Bitter, uh, and that it's just like... I have dealt with too many... Too many... Especially after my time in hospitality... Too many parents just like, oh, let them wear their energy out. No. <laughs> you know, I really will probably could do a, an entire album of parody songs about abusing children. Like, do a parody of Kill a Man with Smack a Child. Here's just something you might think is wild. How I can just smack a child. I mean... I don't know. I just like the peace of not having to deal with children. Right. And a lot of people, as much as many of us do enjoy the theater experience, for a lot of us it is inconvenient. Yeah. For a lot of people, a lot of people, I've heard words saying that if theater crowds were were rude before, you know, texting oh. and stuff. Apparently, it's actually become worse since the theater started reopening on Mars. I, I can say, yeah, I can kind of attest to that. Like, I only saw it, been to the theater thrice in 2021. Mm-hmm. Jigsaw was nice. It's my ideal. Oh, this movie's about to leave the theater? Alright, <laughs> let me let me manspread all I can. Um... I don't endorse manspreading, nor do I manspread. It's a hyperbole there. Um, but, yeah, during during a run, or even at uh, Rift Tracks, Amityville 4, it's like, dudes, contain... Like, Well, no, I would say contain yourself. No, you're bloody talking like you're still at home. Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention. Right. Like, I put... You know, I know I might miss something. I watch all my movies with subtitles. Mm-hmm. I can tell when Rory's been on HBO Max because where are my subtit- default subtitles? Um, no, Disney Plus, I should say, because mm-hmm. you don't. Um, not to say that we're sharing passwords. Um, but, yeah, no. If I don't get subtitles on the screen, you will shut... <laughs> <sighs> 
can't we electrify the chairs a little bit? Just a little bit. I mean, then we're going to have, Simps- again, Simpsons, the... Um, yeah, I was just thinking that. The therapy. <laughs> My finger slipped. Ah! So did mine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess we're better off in a world where we judge a lot less. I think that's true. I mean, that's why I'm an atheist, but... I guess the thing is, don't do stuff that you might make might think people will judge you for. Like, I had no problem, or you or you really gotta own it. Like when I'm sleeping in an in a in my uh, row at uh, B Fest after a food fight just yeah. killed all my energy, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to see Hercules in New York. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that bad. <sighs> like, how do you follow a crappy movie, <laughs> Night of a Thousand Cats? Well, I don't think there was a thousand. <laughs> there were cats, though. Um, and then, oh, but no, so I'm sleeping in the aisle. The only reason we have a B-Fest podcast for certain is because I may have been propping my pillow on my seat, on my bag, which had my laptop in it. <laughs> But I did, and I had my stuffed cat with me. So, you gotta take, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be weird, be weird and take pride in it. If you're gonna be a jerk, then, then, yeah, I guess that's just it. Weirdos welcome, jerks not so much. So. But you know what, I think, uh, so, we got... Jurassic Park, I'm sorry, Jurassic World, what is it, Dominion? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't see where you can really put Jeff Goldblum in the movie. I can see I can see Ali Sattler and um, Dr. Graham? Grant. Grant, okay, see... Tells you the excitement I have for the future. Do you like the feathered birds, the feathered dinosaurs? And I did like Fallen Kingdom. I think it's a garbage movie. We did like it, but not as like Jurassic World. Hot take may have been food fight light. <laughs> I can kind of see where you're coming from there if you know about what both movies are, but I don't know. Well, it didn't insult me with every other line of dialogue with a pun. Yeah. The animation, I mean, the CGI was pretty good in Jurassic World. <laughs> I mean, it was the story that was punching in the face. It was insulting me. Like, you've taken Westworld, you've taken Predator, you've taken Aliens. And as I have always said, the T-Rex even gets to the choppa. So... With that said, I do have to see about finding somebody who wants to do um, Killing Gunter. It was a um, low-budget movie by one of the Saturday, uh, probably Saturday Night Live writer mm-hmm. where it's basically a bunch of guys want to be the greatest assassin ever, so they team up to hunt down Gunter, the greatest assassin portrayed by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's you get every possible Schwarzenegger joke. And Schwarzenegger singing a country song. So... We're talking about. 
but um, yeah, and Thor four. I I don't see it as somebody who went and saw um, the original Doctor Strange. I saw it, caught up with it at home. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. But... Wretched bedside, like you want you want something weird to do. Watch a bunch of Dr. Mike videos. He's on YouTube. He's in, like judging the bedside manner of doctors and <laughs> yeah. just how they're handling themselves. Right. No. <laughs> you have to wash your hands again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a very good doctor, Dr. Strange. <laughs> so. But, you know, it's... Disney got a big animated movie this year. Um, something called Strange World. No, we already talked about in that Thanksgiving, one. Yeah. but yeah, they yeah, haven't really dropped really... anything from that. Yet. Yeah, so and... we have two Pixar movies: Turning Red, which is next week, and oh, see, jeez, and then it, it's right here in the summer. Okay, YouTube, quit showing me AIDS med- sorry HIV medication ads, and show me some Disney Pixar ads. I'm not. I'm going on year two of not getting laid, people, after my breakup. <laughs> like, I'm not going to need the need to worry about keeping my uh, HIV low. And no, I don't have the HIV. <laughs> now I'm thinking of a weird Beatles parody, the Hivy Hivy Shakes. <sighs> so, alright. Well, I mean, I don't know. I... I Really, yeah, I am... All I'm really getting is whatever the people in Newcastle upon time think are important with the what culture videos and what have you. Yeah. Watch Mojo just so little too redundant. Um, Looper is a little too little too in-depth. Like, and yeah, let's make a mountain out of a molehill. molehill. Which explains why Prey is just going to be on Hulu. Uh-huh. But hey, at least that means there might be another Alien movie at some point if we're going to keep that franchise going. And, um. But yeah, I'm probably going to want to see Doctor Strange 2. But I still got to catch up on What If. Did you just solely watch? The episode where this third saint, I'd say our first saint of the podcast is David Cronenberg, second saint, Stuart Gordon, just because he gets a lot of love on this show. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum. I did see, uh, go through that episode. It, it, it burns me up to find out that I knew they were going to do an episode that was going to focus feature the Grandmaster more prominently, but they push that back to season two. Even though this means there's a plot hole at the end of season one involving... Well, I it's won't a, go it's, into it's that. A co- it's a comic... It's based off comic books. Plot holes don't exist. <laughs> and never mind the fact, I, I've always, you know, after dealing a lot of second chance... listening to a lot of second chance movies and screaming, No! You don't get the finer points! And my finer points are coming from a wrestling producer standpoint. Mm-hmm. No, no. You see, this is why the story works. Like, you can't give this away on Monday, you know, Monday and then Friday. <laughs> but, uh, 
with all this said, anything to promote other than uh, letterbox.com slash the poetic critic. That's the poetic critic, all one word. Uh, nothing to promote this week, no. Okay. So this is probably going to be cl- uh, going up closer to Oscar time. Probably the week before, I think, would right. be ideal. Yeah, it's going to have to be the week before because it's still a, it's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good. So I know that. Uh, my apologies to Tim Loss uh, from the Sports Balls Pop Network. Um, but it uh, looks like we'll still get Michael Dubois in before here with Willy Wonka and our... My God, he is the most evil capitalist of all time. Slave labor... And like he 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 was he was a little more fun. No, no, Willy Wonka is not gonna kill trespassers, dude. These Oompa Loompas are probably going at him like the seven like the seven dwarfs, and that's an entire. Okay, I better get off there right there. The entire seven dwarfs drama, which I don't know, like. If we can tie, eh, Warner Brothers has the rights to Lord of the Rings, so we can't really tie. Like if these were, if the Seven Dwarfs were Gimli and a bunch of other rhyming words instead of, I'm going for it. Dopey, sleepy, happy, grumpy, bashful, mm-hmm. happy. Oh shit! See. I don't know all eight of them. They should rhyme, like Tolkien rhymed them. I kind of wish we snuck a video camera when Rand was a dwarf. I don't know if he was just being a goofball or really living up the dopey. I don't know. Yes. He definitely enjoys silence, though. Being silent, though. I tried inviting him on the podcast, and it was a classic... I hate the sound of my own voice. Why did the narcissism skip you? <laughs> All right. Well, you can always follow me on Twitter at CatBusRuss. Uh, the if you want to be on the show, come up with a movie, a theme, a director, an actor, and just send it over to RussTheBus07 at gmail.com. That's R U S S T A G B U S zero seven at gmail.com. Sold to American, and. Um, as long as it's a sub 100 minute material and if you want to take the time to make sure the credits cut the credits start at 139 I appreciate your dedication to the cause thanks Stacia Harden for always being my inspiration I hope I'm doing you proud and again thanks for coming back to 94 Chill the podcast I really would like to end on something awkward, but um, it really makes the the uh, David Tennant at the end of the podcast pop. Can I hear a wahoo? Look after each other. <laughs> Don't put your foot in your mouth like I do. Well, that was fun. <laughs> the entire... The entire concept of cancer-ridden black people versus <laughs> awkward autistic people. See, I didn't even factor in cancer. <laughs>
Long live Flash. You've saved your life. Have a nice day.